Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Brooklet Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games for beautifully crafted content that provokes creative problem-solving and dramatic scenarios. Brooklyngames.com, find zines and more, patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by our returning guest, your high gal, the author of Cairn. Welcome. Hi, thank you. It's good to have you back. It's been a minute. It has. It has. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I met another podcast. It, well, it was between me. Between two Cairns. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, it's true. Like I, I've, I already spend so much time. Uh, not as much as you, but a lot, I spent a lot of time uh, in front of the mic or is it behind the mic? Uh, but yeah, I, no, I'm really happy to be here. I love I love your show and I, I'm really happy to be here today talking about this topical uh, subject. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to do something that everybody knows about the kerfuffle. I think at this point, if you don't uh, and you're a gamer, at least then uh, you might not be following a lot of game stuff on social media or I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, the, yeah. Well, well. Do you, I think it it might help to set the stage a little bit, um, which I can do if you, if you want. Go I don't, for it. Well, we're gonna, okay. Go for it. <laughs> no, so like you know, everyone, everyone who's anyone, pretty much anybody who knows what your show is will know what the OGL is at this point. But uh, you know, the the big news is that Wizards of the Coast slash Hasbro have uh, accidentally uh, announced that they are replacing the current open gaming license, which uh, tons and tons of OSR products in particular make use of with a uh, far more discriminating and problematic license. And, you know, without going too much into what the OGL is, uh, a number of people have reached out to developers of games that make Creative Commons and uh, more flexible licensed products with, with questions about how they can make their own stuff, Creative Commons, or with, um, you know, just interest. Like I, I have sold more copies of Cairn, which by the way, I sell print on demand from like 10 places and people still come to my store and pop me, you know, buy it, of, which much more. It's like, and I sell it for 10 bucks. You could buy it for like four on Lulu. People, I sold more in the last, I would say five days than the previous two months. Oh, like wow. I had to, I had to, I had to order another, I, I, I order from this uh, worker owned print co-op in my community yeah. and I had to like call them like, I need you to like get me overnight 200 more. Cause I cannot keep up with, I mean, it, I don't understand it. You know, I, people really <laughs> want it's good. creative commons stuff. No, no, no. But it's about the creative commons. That's the reason people yeah. are interested because you know, my game is creative commons licensed, but um, a couple of other major Publishers have also moved in that direction, including Basic Fantasy Roleplaying, where, uh, you know, the head of Basic Fantasy, Chris Gonerman, he posted saying, we are going to remove any reference to the uh, D&D SRD, the system reference document, from our books. We're going to remove the OGL, and we are going to release everything we do as Creative Commons, which is incredible. I think it's a, it's a, it is the best possible result of this whole kerfluffle as you described um that i can imagine well I, I, one thing that i want to bring up today and talk about is that how is it going to look going forward and one of the things i'm excited about is the creative commons um and i think that there's about to be 
I've been I've been playing these games for a while. I remember when there was an addition changes back towards from one e to two e. You know, it, it was it's been many moons. It's been at least thirty or so years, and gaming keeps on changing. And a lot of the times, Dungeons and Dragons themselves, being the flagship they are, impacts changes on the rest of the industries, as we've seen throughout the two thousands with the release of the open game license, and then they're shifting back and forth with it between editions at some point in time paizo came to be number one with essentially selling their own game after they tried to change the license and move away from it so that gave birth to a whole new era of role-playing games and content that was out there and i'm i'm thinking that something new is going to happen the fifth edition players are going to be playing an old edition now and people are looking for new things <laughs> well so yeah i think there's a couple things to keep in mind here with the context of OGL itself, when Wizards of the Coast, who had, you know, made a ton of money off of Magic the Gathering, when they had purchased the remnants of D&D from TSR, they didn't really care about making a lot of money through third through through first party supplements. So, so you know, their goal was we're going to own this IP, we're gamers, whatever. Let's just let anybody else make what they want to make. And so do, in doing that, they created the OGL, which is a perpetual, meaning that it doesn't revoke after a period of time. But it is not non-revocable. Non a lot of people are confused about that. It is a revocable license. And they later were purchased by Hasbro. And Hasbro is now taking that option to revoke it. There are, I think, three potential outcomes to this. Probably all of them are going to happen in some form or another. One, people are just going to accept whatever version of the OGL. Now, now it's called OGL2 that Hasbro releases. Which I'm um, sure that some people will. There will probably oh, be. you have to. No, you have will. to. Uh, if you want to use the fifth edition yeah. SRD, you know, if you want to use the the content that you're allowed to use from the fifth edition SRD, which is version 5.1 right now, if you want to do that, if you want to make a ranger class archetype or something, you have to do it. So I, I don't yeah. think people have much of a choice. Um, and then there are people who are going to fall under one banner. You know, Paizo announced their own orc license, which is, you know, like a souped up OGL that is better than the original the one thing that i found interesting about that license is who all's kind of throwing it their hat in on that you've got chaosium who i don't yeah. think does a ogl game they got their own system the basic role play system right right you've got uh green uh green is it green ronin now cobalt press i, I think it might no, maybe green, green ronin, ronin was no was green ronin well. was one of them yeah, there, no, there's like seven of them there's um, a lot of yeah. big publishers oh and i and i understand what they're trying to do and i understand why people find that license like their choice to make this more open unrevocable license like people are excited about it i get it you know it kind of provides cover for smaller publishers who can say hey um, i'm going to use the orc license and then when watsi decides to sue paizo like they'll go after them and not us i i i get it but i i do want to say something unless your business absolutely requires the fifth edition srd today you don't need any of these licenses mm -hmm. we have now today a tested and proven license called creative commons you don't need the ogl let me just repeat that you don't need the ogl unless you absolutely positively need to use the fifth edition srd yes i'm not a lawyer but i don't think it's crazy to think that a license that works on Thousands of different kinds of products from software to textbooks to games. I don't think that you should be afraid of releasing essentially 
mechanics under this license. And let's be clear, when we're talking about mechanics, we're not talking about, you know, prismatic spray, that name plus uh, a history of the, what was the name of the wizard who created that Kimber's name? But I don't know uh, oh, that there's Elminster. minister. There's oh, yeah, there he is. There he is. is that yeah. one? Yeah. 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 So you can't duplicate that or use that. Fine. You know what you can do? Um, you can do finger lightning color spell. I don't know. Something <laughs> stupid, yeah. whatever you want. And and the mechanics, the mechanics could do the exact same thing as prismatic spray. But as long as you don't use any of their protected IP, you should be fine. Mechanics cannot be copyrighted. This has been proven already. And my suggestion to anyone who's interested in this, read the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation's piece on this by um, Kit Walsh. Uh, the subject, or I should say the title is Beware the Gifts of Dragons, How D&D's Open Gaming License May Have Become a Trap for Creators. This is a great article. Kit Walsh is the senior attorney at EFF and gives some great examples in plain English on what this means. If you are a creator today who has a copy of the OGL in your product and you're afraid of whether you have to pull that out and republish your product without the OGL, don't be afraid of it unless you're directly using the SRD. Because if you're not, if you're just writing stats that are that happen to be compatible with BX or something, you don't need to be worried about republishing and pulling the OGL. Uh, that's what this says. It says, you know, you, you essentially agree to the terms of this license when you put it into your product at the time that you put it in there. You don't need to be worried about updating it today. I, I really recommend this article. It, I think, calmed a lot of people down. So that's my piece on the OGL. You generally <laughs> don't need that. You don't need you don't need the ORC license either, unless you're some of these big publishers and you really want to use this specific content. So let's talk about using Creative Commons licenses in your games. Uh, there, there seem to be some that aren't wanting to do that from what I've heard. I'm not 100% sure what the arguments against that are. I'm, I have a few ideas. I haven't delved too far into that. But Well, to be clear, you don't have to use it in your game. It's just if you... if you, Okay, so let's imagine I want to release a module that is fairly BX compatible or fairly compatible with most old school role-playing games, right? So you have things like H AC and HP and stat blocks and you refer to, yeah. uh, you know, classes or whatever. Those are all concepts that Watsi does not own. However, you need to either use your own system or you could reference, you know, oh, you made for the world's greatest role-playing game, which I actually think is trademarked by them. I think you're allowed to say it, but it's still theirs. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of things you could do. Like my friend, my so I have a friend who released a module called Tannic, uh, which is this is Amanda P for those. Who oh know. yes, and yes. She, she she released it as dual stats. It has Karen stats and it has uh, OSE stats. Now she could instead release that today without OSE stats, and instead refer to a different system. Let's call it Basic Fantasy Role Playing Game that is licensed <laughs> under the Creative Commons, or let's call it Basic Old School Role Playing Game. Whatever you want, some new fancy creative commons license game she could she could refer to that and refer to those stats and still copyright the text in her book you, you, you just because you're referring to a license or referring to a uh, to to a the mechanics of a system that is licensed under creative commons does not mean that your text becomes creative commons as well and to take a step back what does creative commons even mean oh i'm uh, yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> I'm curious. I don't. If you ask me that right now on the spot and say, "Logar, give me a definition," I'm going to be floundering. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, basically, uh, Creative Commons is a nonprofit or organization. 
that was built specifically. Actually, I believe that they would not exist if the founder of Lulu had not given them a bunch of money back in the day, just to be clear. Really? But, uh, yeah, yeah. He's I like awesome. Lulu. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, like, really look into the founder of Lulu's story. He just really wanted to print something for his child's birthday party, and he got mad that he couldn't. Um, and he's an old uh, open source software guy, so he just put oh, all nice. his money into publishing. Yeah, no, he's apparently a great guy. But so the idea is that with Creative Commons, you can license your work, and that could mean a role-playing game system, that could mean an adventure, whatever you want, uh, in such a way that people are allowed to freely remix and share the text of your work. You can also put severe limits on this. For example, the Glog, Goblin's, Goblin's Laws of Gaming, um, which is very popular um, sort of uh, boutique OSR system with really interesting magic and um, class types and stuff. That the, the Glog is released under a uh, CC by NC license, which means Creative Commons by um, uh, non-commercial. So you can do whatever you want with the original Glog text. You can rate, make your own version of Glog. You know, um, Skirples has a version, and you know, I even have a version of the magic system on my for my game. But you cannot release it commercially. If you use any of the text from the original Glog manuscript that is released under this license, you cannot sell any of the remix text. So that's an example of a limitation you can set as a creator. On the other hand, you could do what I did, which was release a game under a uh, Creative Commons by Share Alike license. Is CC that by that four, that, like they're like a number to like that. that the, the they're all numbers. They're all numbers. All of them have version numbers. So don't worry about the version number is just the whatever the current version is for. When you're talking about it, you can just say CC by SA. You don't need to say CC by SA mm. 4.0. Um, that is, you do when you write it down in the mm. game. But okay. for the purposes of this discussion, um, I mean, the earlier versions of CC by SA had some problems. So it's good that they have newer versions. But for the purposes of this, the general idea of ShareAlike is if you take the contents of the text being released under ShareAlike, you must also release that text as ShareAlike. So for instance, there are a ton of hacks of Karen. All of them must also be released under CC by SA if they use any of the original text. Or I should say any of the text that, that they keep from my game without changing it must be released that way. You could write a game and only put 10% of the Karen text in there. And only that text could would be released as CC by SA if you explicitly call it out. You could say copyright by so-and-so except for these parts which are creative commons license you could you could do that if you wanted you can mix and match it as long as you're clear about what you're remixing and what you're what is original to you the last thing is i think the most flexible license that people aren't really talking about is a cc by license cc by just cc by ccby is how it's written and that lets you do whatever the hell you want so i could release karen as cc by and people could take my text exactly as is release it again without changing a word and say it was copyright. They could totally do that if it was under CC by. I thought it would be cooler to just like share because that's what I had done with Karen because I based it partly yeah. on Na Nave and Nave is CC by SA. So I thought, hey, let's give back, you know, but you don't have to do that. So to be clear, there's tons of different options. You don't need to go with the more liberal ones if you don't want to or the more uh, restrictive ones. It's up to you. We're only talking about the systems being released under this license. We're not talking about a person's adventure module. You know, if that's important to you, just copyright your adventure module and then refer to stats of a role-playing game that, you know, doesn't threaten to sue you in the event that you use one of their stat blocks, which happens, by the way. Like, people have been threatened by Watsi that because you're using our stat blocks, 
you are, you know, legally uh, vulnerable. And it, it hasn't been proven so far. I like to put out that like before 2000, there were a lot of these game companies were pretty guarded. TSR specifically went after a lot of people legally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Putting uh, content what's the, out. What's that old Sue's? Always sues or what is it? Uh, TSR. <laughs> I don't. Know. It's, no, it's like it's I, I like there's an acronym for I, I do, it. I do remember. I I, rec- I vaguely recall what you're talking about. I can't. I can't yeah. think of it at the top of my head. I have to look it up. Um, I read those designers and dragons books, especially if you want to see some interesting stuff about who had what and was suing what and going after who legally. It's it, there's a long history of like legal combat between publishers in the gaming industry right at the same time i'm gonna put out there that like these games started up in people's basements and stuff they don't need we don't nobody needs an official company to tell us we can play our games we don't need any of them they need us (laughs) so i think the arguments for something like the ogl are that it lets you use aspects of their SRD, which is their system reference document, which contains aspects of their specific game that you can or cannot use. So certain class types and spells and dragons, you know, stuff like that. Like they're, they're, they're listed. What, you know, you, you can't, for example, use a mind flare in any game licensed through the OGL. You can't use the word mind flare that is owned by Wizards of the Coast. It is in their SRD as explicitly not being allowed to use. But things like Bronze Dragon apparently are okay. Um that said, none of that matters. They don't own the word they don't own the word broad or the word bronze. They don't own the own the word dragon. If you rewrite it in your own words and it is mechanically exactly the same, that's okay. They cannot go after you for mechanics. Mechanics cannot be copyrighted. That is the I think the biggest takeaway people should really get from this is I understand why games, you know, like Pathfinder relied on the OGL when it came out. They were looking at 3.5 and trying to find a, a, you know, a way for them to survive and publish stuff. And eventually they found their own, their own path. I I still think things like OGL and Orc are a trap for most small creators. I don't see how, I don't see why you would use something like Orc or the OGL Instead of just referring to a Creative Commons licensed system, which there are many. I, I just saw one yesterday. Um, the Black Sword hack is going to be Creative Commons licensed, which yes, is placed, yes. you know, on, on originally based on the Black Hack, inspired by the Black Hack, but you know, it's original writing. And again, you can't copyright mechanics. Into the Odd, which forms the basis of 99% of Cairn, is totally proprietary and copyright there's they have they actually when i wrote karen there wasn't an srd for it now there is mm-hmm. but at the time there was nothing but you don't need either as long as you write it in your own words you can copy the mechanics exactly as they are and that's okay so i got a question i want to know i want to talk about what you think the i guess role-playing industry role-playing communities what the future of role-playing will be like do you think there's going to be big changes amongst different folks and what they're playing or where they're going to i mean i think the repercussions of this are going to be felt for a long time there's a couple things that have happened i'm not a game industry expert whatsoever and there's a lot smarter people than me out there um matt finch did a Pretty long video the other day. Yes. Um, as did uh, Justin Alexander, as has, um, I can't remember the person's name, but they did a video that included a lot of Matt Colville's sort of predictions from earlier this year about what was going to happen. And they're just like dead on. Um, so those are. I'm not familiar all... with what his predictions were. Did oh, he, 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 ba- yeah. So <laughs> I'll try to find the video. Basically, it's a interview with Matt Colville from, I think, November or maybe mm-hmm. even before when he was on a podcast. And he basically said, here's what I think is going to happen. 
there's going it's going to go one of two ways. Either there's going to be a contingent of people, a faction within Wizards that is, you know, very much into supporting the creator community, and they're going to try to push for keeping the OGL, or there's going to be a bunch of C-level types like executives who are looking at the OGL as lost revenue for them. And he said, he said the goal of Wizards of the Coast going forward is to put everything into their VTT. That's what they want. They want a virtual tabletop experience. They want to lock you into that. They, that that is the way forward. Uh, I should say the the thesis of the video, which included a lot of him talking as well as some others, was that the VTT is where Wizards is putting all of their hopes. And if it you know goes the way they want, essentially D and D one will be the last tabletop version of D and D because you're going to get people who are basically trapped you won't be able to export your character sheets or whatever you know that that's going to be the experience that they think people hope for he actually said that when four came out they were planning on doing a vtt of some kind for four and it never happened so i heard a thing about that that the person who was in i don't even know if i should say that on the on the as i could be wrong because this is hearsay but is there a history like there was a death involved with the developer or something like that? Is that correct? So I I have no idea. He didn't mention that. This was the first I had heard of it as well. I actually it's not the first I've heard of, it, but it's the first I've heard of it from someone who has any actual insider knowledge, which Matt Colville does have. His argument is that the VTT that 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 their executives are probably slapping themselves for not having had a VTT when the pandemic broke out and that this is their way of kind of making up for lost time. So yeah, he makes a bunch of predictions. It's really highly recommended. Um, I'll send you the link after so you can put it in your show notes or whatever. I think we're going to get a three-tiered approach. I think just like when the OGL came out, how it, you know, it led to a boom of different, yeah. um, you know, cool systems. We've got, you know, Swords and Wizardry and, you know, um, Glass Lord and yeah, Labyrinth. White Box and... Uh, OSC. The black hack and osc my god Care. osc yeah well i don't use the OGL, <laughs> but yeah but uh no so what i'm saying is you have all this explosion of ogl products i think that you will see something very similar happening within the smaller community like with the non like paizo employs a whole bunch of people um, yes I'm, osc probably has like three so it's i think within smaller creators that don't use kickstarter as their exclusive you know, means yeah. of revenue. I think those people will probably go to a Creative Commons license system and use that as a basis and will forget the OGL entirely. I think bigger publishers, including OSC, because OSC made like almost a million dollars in their last box set Kickstarter. And that means that if they keep using the OGL, they have to fork up everything after 750 grand. So I think that they're probably super worried about what happens next? What what do they do? You know, maybe they'll embrace the orc license as well. Who knows? But I think that they're worried about about, about that potential lost revenue and restrictions coming from OGL 2.0. So I think you're going to have these three tiers. You're going to have people like me who are just using whatever Creative Commons system we want, and hopefully there will be a standard everyone will just love. If it's the Black Sword Hack One, or if it's Mini BX, or if it's Basic Fantasy Role Playing Game, if any of those Creative Commons kind of BX native systems go towards being a standard, I would be very happy. I think the other group of people who will probably make up the majority of players in our industry or in our hobby will just be fine with the OGL. I think that the majority of people who buy fifth edition products will keep buying them. I think Wizards of the Coast will put their heads down and wait until this all blows over and then they'll just proceed with the OGL 2.0 as planned and they will, you know, screw all those people i i really think that's going to happen yes i saw all these D beyond people are trying to unsubscribe but 
I really think people have short memories and most people don't care about this stuff. Most players don't care about this stuff. So the majority of people will accept the new terms of the OGL and Watsy will have what they want. And I do think that there's going to, I think there's what we, what we might see here. I, I think a lot of these folks who are using the OGL and are the bigger publishers, I say bigger publishers, I don't mean as big as even Paizo or Hasbro, but some of the bigger publishers out there tend to support a very big popular game. And I wouldn't be shocked if one of these Cobalt Presses Black Flag they're talking about or the, o- the ORC, which is what they're calling the Open Game License at Paizo, I wouldn't be shocked if some of those like got a lot of support from some of these third-party publishers and they started hitching their their wagon or what is it they have what's that term by hitching your something to your wagons or what post i guess that post yeah hitch your wagon to their star maybe i don't know i I, maybe i should know the term about these (laughs) yeah if they started like you know gravitating towards that i don't i think that what there's gonna be a lot more splinter a lot less homogeny that comes out of this which i think will be good and i think a lot of fifth edition people who got into it through fifth might be looking at other stuff so that might help the community in the long run and say hey look we got cool games come over here and play with us to me like i said before we don't need corporations to play role-playing games we're all creative we can make our own damn games and and i think that's how it's always been we've always made our own stuff and folks are making our own stuff and putting it out there and everything else like we'll do fine with whatever license is out there we don't need it <laughs> like you said yeah and i think i think the thing that makes me kind of feel the most sad about this is there are people who are hurt by this you know yeah. besides just OSE like you know i'm not necessarily a proponent of this particular system but Kelsey from Arcane Library just put out her own system called uh, Shadow Dark and like it's free you can download the version of it whatever and it's like her whole thing she's going towards this sort of 5e osr kind of game and like more power to her i think she's cool but they the result of this she just got like the print copies for her game she just got like you know boxes of these yeah like it's it's, you know 200 page book or something and she's like she made a youtube video where she's holding it she's like here is the book with the ogl in it now i don't know what to do am i supposed to go and reprint all my books without the ogl in order to not fork over future revenue like she it sucks you know and i think people who make products on kickstarters like i'm gonna do a karen box set next year thank Mm -hmm. goodness i don't have the ogl because i would legitimately be worried about it now of oh well if i do really well not that i would ever do mothership money but if i did well and ran two kickstarters in a year and made a million or seven fifty thousand dollars from it even gross by the way not profit it's gross if you grow 750k you then have to give a percentage it's like 20 percent or something of revenue past that point i would absolutely hate that and i feel i i really feel for these creators yeah, it's, it's people that got stock, you know, they've got warehouse. Some of these companies have warehouses full of books. Some of them, a lot of folks are just independent creators, like you said, printing out themselves, getting it sent to them, trying to figure out how to ship this stuff from their homes. And they've right. got this poison pill right. added to it suddenly right. that just overnight and, changed yeah. by some corporation. Yeah. And <laughs> also, it's, you know, like I'm having, like my, you know, my co-host Brad Kerr, he, he has a very successful uh, recent module it's actually four it's an anthology of four you know cool adventures called uh, wyvern songs it's pronounced wyvern not wyvern he has an ogl in the back of it and no so he asked like do i need to go remove the ogl from this thing i just literally just got out to source like is that what i need to do now and you know fortunately his that that's on lulu i think so he can just like update it but i it would 
Yeah, it would suck. Well, and also the thing is that we don't know where this is going legally. Yeah. I think right. they, like Hasbro hasn't put anything out and, and things are right. changing by the minute. By the time this comes out, I'm actually going to try to put this out tomorrow morning. As I've... <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, it'll be old news. It'll be like watching, yeah. uh, you know, the Daily Show a month later or something. You know, yeah. So I, I'm yeah. trying and, and lucky because uh, Don Stroud was tomorrow's episode and he messaged oh. me and said, my Kickstarter is coming out a week later. Would you hold it back? So I'm like, yeah, I'll talk to you. Hi, I do talk yeah. about this. Like, make yeah. the time. You work out perfect. Great. <laughs> well, so, yeah. So I think to steer it back towards, I think the reason you asked me to come on, if people are interested in creative comments, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I, I don't think it's that hard to understand, but people seem to really like their eyes glaze over when this kind of stuff comes up. And I'm not like a legal person. I, I just, maybe because I worked in open source, you know, software yeah. for my day job, it, it kind of makes more sense to me. It's, well, it's let's, like, I, let's talk about that for a minute because these are licenses that are used elsewhere and, and, and lots of, lots of different projects that are, I, I, more utilitarian than a role-playing game are using these types of licenses. Oh, is- Wikipedia, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what their license is in particular, but it's 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 similar. Um, like everything you put on Wikipedia is something that here I'm looking for it right now to see if I because I usually add it to the bottom of the page. This text is available under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Like License 3.0. Additional terms may may apply. So anything that you you could take the text from a Wikipedia article. And just remix it and write your own essay out of it if you want it. Not saying you should, because you know <laughs> your professor might be upset. Well, now with Chat GPT, that they have bigger fish to fry. But um, that's one. What you know, that's the foundation of free information is mm-hmm. Creative Commons. And then you've got you know the equivalents on the software side through the uh, GNU uh, General Public License and uh, you know that sort of thing. So I, I feel like you know we stand on the shoulders of giants partly yes. because of these sorts of more flexible licensing schemes, including the OGL as problematic and as much of a trap as I think it is. It, it is still why we see the proliferation of cool stuff today. Yes. And we, we're only going to see more of that if people embrace, at least for systems and mechanics, a Creative Commons sort of standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been a proponent of what I've called open gaming for years, and I feel that the Creative Commons leads to that best. And I'll, I'll be honest, I have a certain bias. Like I've I've been open about it on this this uh, podcast and other places. You know, I'm pretty anti capitalist. We're in a capitalist society, <laughs> but I feel that when it comes to things like intellectual property rights and stuff like that, some of the things I find over at the Creative Commons is more agreeable to that ethic that I hold than a lot of other stuff. So, Well, I mean, even the most ardent copyleft enthusiasts like uh, Richard Stallman, for example, still mm-hmm. consider art assets to be intellectual property. You know, he would make the argument that you should release the code of a game for free as uh, creative comment or as, as a new GPL, but then the art assets themselves using the game could still be yours and own them. He considered art totally different. He was one of the architects of this entire movement. So I, I feel like, you know, even the most radical of us still believe in an artist's right to produce. And we're not talking about, you know, releasing people's art for, <laughs> for anyone <laughs> to use. You could do that. And in fact, um, uh, Emil Bo- Bovin, the um, creator of Durf, which is an awesome Nave hack, which by the way, would not exist if Nave hadn't been licensed as CC by SA. He released... I mean, he continues to release free art 
as Creative Commons uh, on like a monthly basis. And I've seen people take my game, which is CC by SA, use his art, which is also CC by SA, <laughs> and produce new games out of that. And some of them are cool. Like, you know, one of my friends, he released a uh, DCC inspired Karen hack that has some interesting stuff in it. And um, I've seen a couple other advancements to my own system that I think are better. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I get from it. I, I, you know, I'll go and say, Oh, somebody finally did this. Heck yeah. Like I've been waiting for someone to do that for ages, by the way, last year, someone was complaining about the OGL on Reddit and how they didn't want to include the whole thing just because they want to use a spell or something. And it really pissed me off that they had to deal with that. So I wrote a D666 table of non-OGL spells that are aped around various, you know, Watsy spells that I've seen over the years. The mechanics are largely system neutral, but there's a couple Karen bits and pieces in there because I can't help myself. Yeah. Um, but that that is on the Karen website. It's called More Spellbooks, and it's li- literally a D666 table table that is creative commons license that anyone can take and uh, put into their uh role-playing game if they like just remove the Karen mechanics and it's they're all like one-liners you know so yeah that that's already there you know, it's already there <laughs> that's good it, it, and I, I one last thing because we're going to be coming up on time here soon we may even be a little over but but I, like when it comes to the dynamic that i see when it be having more open licenses, what you what I've seen from going from the OGL and its first inception to like things are going on in the Creative Commons is that that ability to have it out there in the open and people to build on it and bring their stuff forward instead of restricting it is we see a lot more innovations within the hobby that way, keeping it free and open. A lot cooler stuff ends up coming out. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't have the you know, layout masterpiece that is OSE if we had not oh. had, uh, you know, a, an open license like the OGL or something even more open. You can make My the theory is the layout of, of, of OSE has thrown Hasbro into turmoil and they had to figure out a way. Oh <laughs> well, that, okay, they can't so, do that good of organization. Yeah, let's just, let's just be, yeah. No, no, no. Can, <laughs> let me just say, like, I'm not trying to crap on, on, on Hasbro here. As someone who's not playing 5th edition, I mean, I used to, but as someone who doesn't play it today, I cannot understand why there are so few modules within the uh, 5e ecosystem that come even even like close to the level of layout and information design you see you know in the OSR. I just can't understand it. Like just copy us. Like the only one I can think of is um actually there's a couple I can think of but one in particular is the the Peter Pan one that came out a couple of years ago. And it's for fifth and edition. The Oz but, one now too, right? And Oz too. But that author, he's like, yeah, "Well, he's... I copied OSR." Yeah. <laughs> like that's what he said. And it's like, "Yes, just do what he does." Like this innovative that. stuff going on with yeah. independent yeah. creators. Like, hey, this yeah. is how it should be approached. They're fixing the problems, not from a boardroom. <laughs> so yeah, overall, um, I, I'm 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 optimistic and pretty happy about the way this is going. I hope more people embrace CC by in some form going forward and i i'd like i just put like i i'm sorry that it's gonna hurt some folks it, that it's possible we, we still don't know what's gonna happen even still if if the licenses don't hurt i think that the impact of just the leak itself and i don't i'd, I'd be shocked if that leak wasn't intentionally done by a pr department but anyways <laughs> oh i mean i mean but if that's the case then they're the worst pr department ever because my god the response has been feeling it out really I, it's the I've, I've never seen a group united 
so strongly against one enemy. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's been nice. It's it's kind of yeah. It kind of reminds me of there in Boston back in the day, like eight years ago. There was this supermarket chain that had huge um, protests, or they had walkouts. Yeah, and and they did this because there was two bosses, and one boss uh, kicked out the other boss, and they the workers loved the boss so much the one that got kicked out that they refused to work and they eventually got him back <sighs> and he you know uh, there were some talks about making an employee own in the end but they didn't do it but the reason i'm mentioning it oh. is it made me think gosh i wish americans would do this about people other than bosses because there was yeah. so much positive reporting on it there's so mm-hmm. much positive reporting on look at these workers and compared to most uni- like union style or like you know mm-hmm. um uh, wildcat strikes or whatever which are always perceived as ne- negatively by the media yeah there was overwhelming positivity for these workers and it was because they were in support of a boss and it sort of reminds me of that it's like there's all these people standing to support this license which is the ogl which is extremely restrictive it's a trap and they yeah. don't need it they never needed it so it's a little bit like a bittersweet for me because I'm happy that they're standing up against Watsi, but on the other hand, it's like, what are you standing up for? You should all be embracing a Creative Commons license document and go from there. Don't restrict anybody from anything. You don't need a nonprofit modeled after the Linux Foundation to keep the ORC going. You just need a Creative Commons version, and that's it. You don't need a nonprofit. It's already well defended. There it is. With the open game license, even still, I don't think that people are going to be rushing to go back to. I think after they've seen that this is a possibility, even if they keep it, the OGL is over. Well, it's over (laughs) unless you want to make fifth edition stuff, in which case you're probably going to do it. I I think for people making products for fifth edition, uh, I think you're probably going to do it, but I don't think that those who move into other realms are going to follow it. My guess is within the OSR, which is the space that I hang out in, you're going to either see the ORC or something like the basic fantasy role-playing game license, which by the way, is not the same as the basic role-playing. That's, that's different. That's chaos. One's chaos. Yeah. Very, yeah, very different. Very different. Had but I think you're going to weeks ago. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's I, I, I'm, I like him. He, I will say this, his, choice to release all his stuff for free and use you know he uses open office and um his sort of like like his legacy is what led me to make an srd that was cc by sa like that is because of him so you know chris if you're listening uh thank you very much for leading the way yeah i'm a big fan of his he's he's a wonderful human being too on top of everything so (laughs) So, so it seems i'm i'm about we're about out time could you tell the listeners where they could hear behind two cairns and pick up Cairn and, and find you on the internets and whatnot within this weird, changing, strange world? <laughs> um, yeah. So I co-host between two cairns with Brad Kerr. We review OSR modules. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there is also a, a Cairn RPG website where you can find information about my game Cairn. You can also download it for free from there. And uh, I'm on Twitter and Dice.Camp and blah, blah, blah. You'll figure it out. Um, my main website is NewSchoolRevolution.com. I don't really post there often. I've got like a big module coming really, really, really soon. I'm super excited about it. I hope people check it out, but uh, maybe I'll talk about that another time. Anyhow, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And if anyone has questions about Creative Commons stuff, um, you know, there are better places to go, but uh, I'm a person. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm reachable via internet. So. Oh, and, and before I cut off here, because I, 
real quick. What's the deal with uh, going on with a Karen second edition now? Uh, well, so I've been writing it for the past four months. Uh, it's coming out. I'll do a Kickstarter next year. It, I've got some pretty freaking amazing artists who have agreed to do stuff. And I've got a good layout person. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who's publishing it yet, but I have a publisher. It's going to be a box set. It's going to be hopefully as inexpensive as I can make it for the kind of game it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be multiple books inside of a box set. And um, you can find all the current rules in the work in progress section of the Karen RPG website. So you just mm -hmm. add a slash WIP. Um, yeah, it's just going to have some rules that I've always meant for it to have that um, I just didn't have time or inclination to add previously, um, mostly making it a slightly more complete system. I think the biggest changes are just there's going to be a backgrounds table system where you sort of everything you do, including your background and your items and who you're in debt to is all going to be tied together, much like Electric, electric Passion Land did with failed careers. So yes. it's, it's going to be the same rules as Karen with some new stuff for handling like wilderness exploration, dungeon exploration, um, downtime, foreground growth slash advancement and new character generation rules. But it will be 100% the same existing rules and won't conflict with the original Karen. And it will also be Creative Commons licensed, to be clear. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to catch up. Cool. Yeah. I, anytime. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at LogarHaleCrom. And we're on Patreon. We can always use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.